0: Bicycle and I would ride down to Euphola Baptist Church, and I knew how to break in. I, you know, I knew how to get in, and there was a window at Euphola that was never locked, and so you could shim it up. And I and I'd shimmy that window up, and I'd crawl in, and uh, and I'd go in there. Nobody was there, and I'd go in there, and uh, we had these uh, shutters on the windows that weren't really stained glass. You could open them up and close them, that kind of thing. And there was a shutter right over here, a window right over here that sort of faced the parking lot. So I'd open that shutter up. And that way, if anybody pulled in the parking lot, if a preacher came or somebody pulled in the parking lot, well, I would see. I'd see them pull in, and I'd just run down and get a vacuum cleaner or something. I like I was vacuuming in the church or something like that. But as long as nobody walked in, I'd get up behind that pulpit. Man, I'd turn that. our, Our PA system was about that big, you know. And it was right here in the pulpit, and I'd flip that. All, you, all you, I had to do was just turn on one button. That was all you had, you know. And I'd turn on that one button and I'd preach and I'd lead singing and uh, nobody was there, just me, you know. But I'd preach, man, I'd preach and I'm telling you, we had revival. It was amazing. I mean, songbooks would walk the aisle and get right with God and and pews came forward and got saved and... Uh, And man, it was just, it was awesome. And so the Holy Spirit reminded me of that, how blessed I am. And he took me back many, many years ago when I used to preach to an auditorium that was completely empty. Nobody was there, but I do believe this. I believe Jesus was there. I believe Jesus was there and I believe he was already working in my heart. And I had no idea that, uh, that many years would pass and it would be my privilege to preach to the wonderful people of the Calvary Baptist Church each and every Sunday. And man, what a joy and what a, I mean, really. It it really is a high point of our, it's a high point of our life, it's a high point of our week. My wife and I, we're just, we're like a duck out of water. I mean, you know what? When you say we're not gonna have church, we're like, what do we do now? I mean, you know, we just, I mean, it's what we you know, as our week gears up, the closer we get to the weekend, we're just church, church, church. We're thinking about church. We're eating church, sleeping church. We're thinking about the service. We're thinking about the songs. We're thinking about the message. We're thinking about all these things. And so anyway, thank God we can still have church today. And we can still have church, by we have a live stream as well. And so I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 42. And those in the auditorium, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning out of respect for the reading of God's Word and uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, God had laid a message on my heart earlier this week, and I'm excited about preaching it. I want to preach it to our folk at Calvary. Uh, but God began to change my direction yesterday. And I just, with everything that's going on in our nation, and and uh, we're, we're trying not to watch a lot of the news right now, because it's just, it doesn't help your spirit at all. And, uh, but... God began to just deal with my heart about encouragement. Maybe some folks need some encouragement, and so uh, early this morning I got up and I began to, God began to speak to my heart. And so we're going to go a little different direction than I originally planned, but I want you to look at Psalm 42 and verse number one. And the Bible says, and 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 listen to the psalmist as he speaks here in verse forty, uh, chapter 42, verse one. He said, "As the heart panteth after the water brooks." So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He said, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Notice verse 5. The psalmist said, why art thou cast down O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waters pass. In other words, it just seems like uh, it's getting deeper and deeper. Troubles are getting uh, more and more. That's what, that's what the psalmist is saying. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. And all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. In other words, it, it feels like I'm, I'm not going to make it through sometimes. It's, it's overwhelming. Verse 8, yeah. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? And then the psalmist says again, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet... Praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And you may be seated this morning. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about this subject when it's time to have a talk with yourself. When it's time to have a talk with yourself. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today, Uh, Lord, at Calvary Baptist Church. And God, I thank you for these that have assembled Uh, Today, But then I'm so thankful, too, for our church family and many that are watching by way of live stream. And, Lord, this is a little different for us. This is maybe just a little bit out of our comfort zone. But that's all right. It's okay. And uh, because, Lord, we know you've got a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. And so, Lord, here's what I do pray, though, now. I pray that you'd help, uh, just help me to to loosen up. And, God, I pray that you'd help me to have liberty in, in proclaiming the Word of God today. And, Lord, I pray that all that's said or spoken today or preached or taught, I pray it would bring honor and glory to the most precious name, the name of Jesus Christ. And, God, I pray that you'll receive glory unto yourself. And I pray, Lord, that souls will come to know Christ as Savior. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that the saints, whether they be here or whether they're watching by way of live stream, I pray the saints will be greatly edified today and built up in the faith. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we live in a nation that has the freedom to do what we're doing right now. Lord, thank you that we don't have to fear folks coming in and trying to shut down this service. We're glad that, God, we still have the opportunity and the availability to do what we're doing. And so, Lord, help us as we try to lift up the name of Jesus now. I pray for your touch I pray for your blessings, we pray for your power, and God, we thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. And some have suggested that the psalm, in Psalm 42, the psalmist in Psalm 42, that this psalm was written at a time when David has been dethroned, Uh, and had he been dethroned by somebody that he didn't even know, that would have been bad enough. But history tells us that he's been dethroned by his own son, Absalom. In Psalm chapter 42, if I can give you a little bit of the backdrop here, we find that some of David's closest men have now turned on him. Some of those men that he loved the most and those men that he invested the most have now hurt him deeply. In fact, if you go on to read, Some of the Old Testament we find that David has literally had to run. He's had to grab those that he loves. He's had to grab a few belongings. And and basically he has had to run just to preserve his life and those that are dear to him. Now, we're thankful because we have the whole story here. And we understand that God eventually puts David back on the throne again. And God replaces David back to that place of authority. But you understand that David didn't know that was going to happen. David didn't have the scripture like we have the scripture. He, he couldn't see into the future like we're able to see the story. But we notice here in Psalm chapter 42 that David is at a very low place in his life. And quite possibly maybe the lowest that he's ever been. But well, it's interesting. We find that it's at that point that David begins asking himself some questions. And he not only asked himself some questions but he literally begins to, to talk to himself. Now, I know some people say you should never talk to yourself. And then others say it's okay if you talk to yourself as long as you never answer. Well, I not only talk to myself, but I answer a lot of times. And, uh, but that's what David is, is doing here. David is, if you will, David's giving himself a pep talk of sorts. He's trying to get himself picked back up again. The truth is, Church, says sometimes it's good to talk to yourself. Someone said it like this. It's not what others say about you that will destroy you, but what you say about yourself. And David's at a low spot in his life, a difficult time in his life, a, a time of discouragement, a time of depression. But David begins to ask himself a set of questions. And then he begins to speak back to himself. I'd like you to notice that in your Bibles, if you will. Look at Psalm chapter 42 and verse number five, and David is just scraping the bottom here, and, then he feels like maybe his life is over. He feels like maybe he'll never be back in the kingdom again. But look what he says in Psalm 42 and verse number five. David says to himself, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? And so he asked himself a question, why are you down? Why are you, why are you upset? And then I love it. Then he not only asked himself a question, but he speaks back to himself. And he says there, hope thou in God. David said, for I shall yet, even though all these things are going on, even all these things are happening, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Look, if you will, at Psalm 42 and verse number six. The psalmist says, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. David says, man, I, Lord, I'm just barely making it. I'm just barely getting by. I'm so discouraged. I'm, I'm so depressed right now. But then we notice David speaks back again in verse number six. He says, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee. From the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites, and from the hill Mizar. Notice, if you will, Psalm forty-two, verse number eleven. The psalmist said again, "Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me?" And then again, he speaks back to himself. He talks to himself, and he says, "David, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God." Somebody said if the Lord says something once, we ought to listen. If the Lord says something twice, he's trying to really send a message home with us. But if the Lord says something three times, you know what? We would do well to really pay attention. Not only do we read this three times, but if you'll notice one page further in Psalm 43 and verse number five, we find it again. In Psalm 43 and verse number five, the psalmist says again, why art thou cast down? Here he is talking to himself again. And he says, why art thou cast down? In verse 5, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And this is what I'm saying. David, uh, David, at a low point in his life, began to talk to himself. And he said, David, why are you down? David, why are you depressed? hey, David, why are you discouraged? And I know some would have some looked at David's situation and they would say, well, uh, you know, no, no, no wonder you're down. No wonder you're distressed. But that's not where David was. David said, Lord, he said, why are you down? And then said, David said, I'm going to hope in God. Did you know, church, that actually being down is not natural for the child of God? Did you know that God never made us to be down? Did you know that 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 very thought is the very thing that exposed a life of sin in Cain's life? Remember when God came to Cain? Remember when Cain brought the fruit of the ground? The Bible says that God did not respect his offering. And and God came to to Cain and began to speak to Cain. And the Bible says, and Cain was very wroth and his countenance failed. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? In other words, Cain, why are you looking down? I didn't make you to look down. I didn't make you to be discouraged. I didn't, make you to be, I didn't make you to be despondent. You see, God made you and I to naturally look up. Think about this. Most of the animal kingdom today was created to look down. Most of the animal kingdom walks on all fours. Some of you have cows at home. Others of you have horses. We have have, uh, uh, farmers in our church. And most of the livestock that they have are made to naturally look down. But not man. Man was not made like that. Man was created to walk uprightly looking up. In fact, our Bible says in Psalm chapter 5 and verse number 3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Psalm 121, one. the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Mark chapter eight, verse number 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. Luke 21, verse number 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads For your redemption draweth nigh. John chapter four, verse number 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And I just wanna, this is the word that I wanna give to our folks that are here and those that are watching my way of live stream. Hey, church, look up look up. Now I know what Fox News says and I know what CNN says and I know what the different news out, uh, cast are saying but I'm telling you there is a God that's in control and God never makes a mistake and God has a perfect plan and God has a perfect purpose and I want to encourage us as God's children not to be discouraged and not to be despondent and not to look down but understand that God is in control and today we can look Look up, and we ought to look up. Now, with that in mind, there's a couple things I want to give you today. Some things that, if some things that, if we're not careful, some things that are capable of bringing us down. We'll put a few of these on the screen. How about this? Number one, a carefulness about life's problems will bring us down. Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will. And uh, whether you're here or whether you're at home, I want you to get your Bibles. And I want you to turn over to the book of Philippians, and I want you to look at some of the greatest scripture that you're ever gonna read. Philippians chapter four, and I want you to look with me, please, at verse number six this morning. Philippians chapter four and verse number six. I remind us that when the apostle Paul was used to write these words, he was sitting in jail. He was not in the Waldorf Astoria. He was not sitting in the lap of luxury. But Paul had been persecuted and now imprisoned. And yet, it's it's during this time that that God uses Paul to write the wonderful book of Philippians. Philippians 4, verse number 6. And Paul says there, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Watch now, verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look what he says, church. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now notice verse 6. And Paul says, be careful for nothing. I remember when I was a Young man, I used to read that verse. I didn't understand it. And I thought, why would the Bible tell us not to be careful? I thought, we're supposed to be careful. We're we're to be safe. But that's not what the Bible's talking about when it says be careful for nothing. Basically, what the Bible is teaching us is, is this. It's speaking of worry. It's talking about anxiety. In other words, man, don't let your life and your heart and your mind be full of worry and anxiety. And if I could just encourage us today not to worry about things that we cannot change. <laughs> I'm not making light of this coronavirus. Please understand, I, uh, you know, our heart goes out to, to everyone that has it and, and to those who have passed away. Our hearts and our prayers are with them. But the truth of the matter is, church, we might as well not worry. We can't change it anyway. And so, uh, you know what? Someone, has said, someone said it like this. God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Someone rightly said, most of today's worries are like puddles. Tomorrow, they will have evaporated. And you know what, church? It won't be too long, hopefully, by the grace of God, that this thing that we're going through right now will have also evaporated. But if you're, not, if you're not careful, if you let worry invade your life, if you let anxiety come into your life, you know what? It begins to bring you down, begins to pull you down. I thought about the humor stories. Okay, if we use some humor today. I thought about that humor story that I read about the guy that was a chronic worrier and he's always up in the air about something, always worrying. I mean, just every time you met him, the guy was just... He was just fretting about something frantically. Uh, And uh, one day his friends came upon him and man, he was just whistling and smiling and just having, I mean, just in the best of moods. And his friends said to him, they said, man, what what happened to you? Said, man, every time we meet you, said you're you're just anxious and worrisome. and, And man, he's just having a good old time. And they said, well, what happened? What happened to you? He said, well, he said, I decided I was going to start paying somebody to worry for me. He said, so now, you know what? Every time I get ready to worry, he said, I just, I pay this guy. He he worries, he does all the worrying for me and I I don't worry about it anymore. And they said, wow, you mean to tell me that you are paying somebody to worry for you? He said, that's exactly right. And they said, wow, what in the world does something like that cost? He said, I pay him $2,000 a week. $2,000 2000 a week. And the, and the person said, what? 2000 a week? He said, how in the world can you afford that? He said, I can't, but that's his worry. <laughs> Amen. And so you know what? I just want to encourage us. Man, listen, don't be given to worry. Don't be anxious. Corey ten, ten Boom said this. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. That's so true. Boy, I love this statement. Somebody said, "Worry." Now listen to this: worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. It's true, isn't it? I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. And I hope, folk, I hope there's folk who are listening. Listen, I know folks right now on there. They're, they're camping out in front of the news, and they're, they're, they're probably watching the news a little too much. And, and folks are so fearful, and they're so afraid right now. And uh, you know what, church? I do not believe that's the perfect will of God for our life. I don't believe that's where we're supposed to be. And uh, Matthew chapter 6, look, if you will, at verse number 28. Notice what the Bible tells us here. And God says in verse number 28, in Matthew 6, 28, And why take ye thought for raiment? Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or or, what shall we drink or where are we gonna buy toilet paper? I'm sorry, that wasn't in there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth they have need of all these things. Look at verse 33. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, I believe God sent me here with a word for the church, and the word is this, don't worry, don't worry. Now, be smart, yes. Be wise, absolutely. We're to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And so, yes, be safe, be wise. But but you know what? There's no place for for, uh, anxiety. There's no place for worry in the life or the heart of the child of God. Be careful for nothing. I think about that little wife one night. It was late in the night, middle of the night, middle of the night. She couldn't get any rest. And the reason she couldn't get any rest is because her husband was up. And he was just pacing the floor, back and forth, just pacing the floor. And, and she said, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And he, he was just back and forth, back and forth, nervous as could be. And, uh, and he said, well, he said, you know, uh, you know, Sam, next door over here, he said, I, I borrowed $1,000 for him. And he said, I'm supposed to pay him back tomorrow. He said, I don't have it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I I do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, honey, just go to bed. Go to bed. It's going to take, and he just wouldn't go to bed. Kept on pacing back and forth and just frantic. And finally his little wife got up out of the bed. She went over to the window. She threw the window open and she hollered next door middle of the night. She said, Sam! 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 Kept on. Finally the lights cut on next door and here came Sam in his pajamas and his hair was all messed up. And he, he looked out and he said, what in the world do you want? And she said, you know that $1,000 my husband owes you? He said, yeah. She said, well, he don't have it. Slammed the door or the window. Went back, got in the bed, pulled the covers up. Looked at her husband. She said, now let him worry the rest of the night. <laughs> Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? We cannot allow worry to enter our lives. Somebody said, don't worry about tomorrow. Remember, God's already there. And I thought about that song this morning, one of my favorite songs. The songwriter said, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its clouds may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today, I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. In Calvary, this is what I'm saying. If you you don't watch what you're doing, the carefulness about life's problems will begin to bring you down. Listen, hey, you know what, church? If we're not careful, we'll let this COVID-19 thing bring us down, and we'll not be the witness and the testimony of the grace of God that we ought to be. And I'm not saying it's serious. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying this that even in light of all that's going on, you know what? We it's it's imperative that this world sees that we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts and our lives. And so we see a carefulness about life's problems. And then last of all, and I'm done today, there's something else that can bring us down. Number two, it's a careless attitude concerning the blessings of God. A careless attitude concerning the blessings of God. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you know what? If we don't watch what we're doing, and we begin to get self on our mind, and our needs on our mind, and our wants, and our problems, and that's all we begin, that's all we focus on. You know what happens? It begins to bring us down. There's an old illustration that I've used through the years at Calvary Baptist Church, and a lot of our people know that illustration. But I, I remember many, many years ago, remember Brother House telling the illustration about a lady had come to him for counseling. And he said when she came in, literally, she was physically, not just mentally or emotionally, but physically, she was shaking and shaking. And she said, Pastor, you've got to help me. She said, I'm getting ready to have a nervous breakdown, and I've got so many things in my life, and, and I'm getting ready to have a nervous breakdown, and you've got to help me. I, I, I need you to help me. I need you to give me some advice. And Brother Howes looked back across that pastor's desk, and he said, I've got some good advice for you. And she said, I'm so glad you do, Preacher. She said, what's your advice? And he said, go bake some cookies. And she said, Preacher, don't make fun of me. She said, I need some help. I I I need you to help me. I'm about to have a certain nervous breakdown. And she said, what can I do? And he said, go bake some cookies. And she began to get upset. She began to get mad. She said, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're making fun of me. And, and, and he said, I'm not making fun of you at all. He said, I'm just saying this. You know what? Go out of here. Go home. Get your bacon pan out. Bake you some cookies. Cook a pie. Make a cake. And he said, go find somebody in the church that's having problems. Or go find that blind man or that deaf man. Go find that person that's got cancer. And take them something. Give them some cookies. Take them a pie. And, well, she, got, she really got upset with the preacher. And she just stormed out of the office. And for the next few weeks, she avoided the pastor. And finally, it had been probably three or four weeks, and, and one day they were coming in the hallway, and he sort of blocked her, and she couldn't get by him. And he said, hey, whatever happened about that nervous breakdown? And she said, preacher, I put that on hold. She said, I went home and decided to make some cookies. <laughs> And she said, I went in our church and I found that blind man you're talking about. And she said, I brought him some cookies. And she said, I went to that family that had that little child that had cancer and I took him a pie. And she said, before you knew it, she said, I started caring about other people. And she said, my problems got smaller and smaller and smaller. A careless attitude concerning the blessings of God. You know what God said to the Israelites in Isaiah 57:10, Thou art wearied. In the greatness of thy way. In other words, Israel, you got used to the miracles. You got used to the blessings. You got so accustomed to the blessings of God that you literally begin to take it for granted. And that's what I'm saying, church. And that's what I'm saying to all those who are watching my way of live stream today. If we're not careful, we'll get focused on the negative. We'll get focused on the dark. We'll get focused on the, on the bad. And when, when there's so many blessings and there's so many positives and there's so many great things to look at and yet we don't look at the great things. We begin to look at the coronavirus and we begin to look at the sickness and we begin to look at all the bad things. And this is what I'm saying. What we better do in a time like this is be mindful of the blessings of God. A man came to see the pastor. Really, really down. I mean, down. He walked in and told the preacher, he said, preacher, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm at the bottom. He said, it's about as low as it'll ever get. And he said, in fact, I don't think it's ever going to get any better. And he said, I just thought I'd come at least talk to you. And the preacher said, well, brother, I'm glad you came. And he said, I, I believe I can help you today. He said, but but before we counsel, he said, let's do this. And and the preacher pulled out one of those big yellow legal pads, took out his pen. And he said, before we counsel, he said, I'll tell you what let's do. He said, we're going to make a line down the middle of the page here. And he said, we're going to write all all your blessings and we're going to write all your burdens right here. And the preacher took that big pad out and he drew a big line down the middle. And when he was getting ready to start writing, he looked at that fellow and he said, by the way, he said, I'm so sorry to hear that your wife left. And that man looked back at the preacher and said, "Preacher, what, what? What are you talking about?" He said, "I'm just so sorry to hear that your wife's left." He said, "Preacher, I don't know where you got your information." He said, "My wife didn't leave me. She's at home. She loves me." Oh, he said, good night. I'm sorry. He said, "It was somebody else in the church. I, I, I'm sorry." He said, "But I am, I am. But I am sorry that I'm sorry that your house burned. I, I heard about that." And he said, "Church is here to help you." And I'm sorry to hear your house burned. And the guy looked back, sort of. Bum-fuzzled, and he said, Preacher, what in the world are you? You're confused. He said, my house, I've got a beautiful house. He said, oh, that's right. He said, that was Joe in our church. This house burned down. I said, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. And, and he, he got ready to write, and he said, by the way, he said, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you've been diagnosed with cancer. And he said, but we're. Here. I want you to know the church is here to help you. And, and the fellow said, Preacher, what in the world is wrong with you? I don't have cancer, sir. And then it dawned on him. And he began to realize something. You know what? That he was focusing on the, all the negatives. When really he had blessing after blessing after blessing. And this is what I'm saying today, Calvary. You know what we better do? We better focus on the blessings. I don't even know if this little story fits there, but I, I, just, it, I hadn't told it in a long, long time, and I love to tell it. And I was thinking about blessings and focusing on the right thing. And I was thinking about that little lady. She's as poor as Job's turkey. And I mean, things had gotten really, really close, and, and she couldn't make ends meet, didn't even have enough money to buy groceries. But she loved God. And she was in her house one day, and she was praying on her knees. She was praying, and she's saying, Lord, I don't, I don't have anything to eat. Lord, I need some groceries. I, I, need, I need some groceries. I need, you to, I need you to send me some groceries. And, boy, she was just really praying and passionate about her prayer. And all of a sudden, as she was in her house praying, just a little house, she was in her house praying, there were two mischievous boys, teenage boys that lived in that town, and they walked by her door, and they heard her in there praying. Well, they heard her and they're saying, Lord, I need some groceries. God, I need some groceries. God, I, I want you to provide it." And those, those boys thought, "You know what, we'll fix her, We'll fix her a little red wagon." They went down to the grocery store and they bought you know several canned goods and different things, and they climbed up onto her house on top of her house, and she's down there praying, and they started dropping cans down the chimney and that can' would roll out and they'd drop a loaf of bread and that bread would roll out and man, those groceries started piling up right there to the chimney. that little lady got off her knees, just started shouting, I mean just shouting. Glory! I mean, just just shouting the praises of the Lord and just having a time. And about that time, those boys climbed off the roof and they come over and knocked on the door and She came to the door, man, tears streaming down her cheeks and just praising Jesus, just praising Jesus. And they said, man, we just want you to know God didn't send that stuff. We put that down your chimney. We heard you praying. We put that down your chimney. And boy, she just kept on shouting and praising God and just loving on the Lord. And that boy said, did you not hear what I said? God didn't send you that. We brought that. She said, hallelujah, hallelujah. God answered my prayer, even if he did use the devil to deliver it. Amen. I mean, God, Answered my prayer. And that's what I'm talking about. You know what? In these turbulent days in which we're living with all the things that are going on and all the things that are being broadcast on the news, you know what, Calvary Baptist Church, it's very important that we focus on the blessings of God. We all have a home to go home to. We have... Health enough to be here. Health enough to watch by way of live stream. Health, health, we have, you know, I, you know, I thought about this. Something that we take for granted all the time is most of, at least, we have two ears to hear. Two eyes to see. We have hands that can touch, hold stuff, pick up a Bible. We have a mouth that can speak. How many know that God's been so good to us? And so may may today, may we not allow our lives to be filled with anxiety and worry, but may we today understand that God is a God of great blessing. I want to ask you just for a moment to bow your heads with me. Many are watching by way of live stream today. And it could be that there is someone who's watching that has never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And my dear friend, if that's you, I want you to understand something, that you'll never have real peace until you allow Jesus into your life. If you're here today and you don't know that you know that you're saved, born again on your way to heaven, would you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says because of our sin, there's a penalty we have to pay. That penalty is death and hell. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that if we die without Christ, that hell will be our destiny. But oh, i got some great news. It's what we call the good news of the gospel. Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, But God commended His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved you so much He sent His Son for you. And Jesus came and took my sins upon Him and took your sins upon Him. And He went to the cross of Calvary and there He bled and suffered and died. And There He suffered the wrath of God because of my sin and your sin. They put Him in the grave, but thank God three days later, God raised Him from the dead. He is a living, resurrected Savior and He wants to save you today. My Bible says that if you'll believe that, if you'll believe in the finished work, what Jesus has done on Calvary's cross, and today you just receive his free gift of salvation, just invite him in. The Bible says that he'll save you today. Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're watching by way of live stream, and you've never trusted Christ as personal Savior, you don't know that peace of knowing Jesus right now, my dear friend. Would you open your heart to him? Would you open your life to Christ right now? Just say something like this to him. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. and Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. And God, I ask you to save my soul. I believe you died for me and rose again. And right now I'm inviting you into my heart life to be my Savior, my Lord. Please, Jesus, take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant business, I hope that you'll reach out to us and let us know so we can rejoice with you and maybe even get some good literature into your hands. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Thank you for reminding us that, that Lord, even in, Trouble sometimes, Lord, times you told us we're going to come. God, I pray that we'll not be filled with anxiety, worry. God, I pray that we'll cast our eyes upon Jesus. And I pray that we'll know the peace and have that peace that passeth all understanding. God, we pray that you would heal our land. And we pray that you would heal our world. And Father, really, in one way, it's a very exciting day because right now, Lord, the gospel is being preached to literally thousands, not just in America, but across the world. And I pray, heavenly Father, that the message will go out with power and blessing. And I pray many will come to Jesus. Father, I thank you for, for those that have made their way Physically to the church today, I pray a special blessing upon them. And then, Lord, all those that are watching by way of live stream, we pray for our church family, that you'd bless them today. Lord, I pray that you'll bless them in the live stream tonight. And, uh, Lord, I pray that all that's said and done will bring honor and glory to Jesus. We love you and praise you, and thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our service today. And uh, we are going to be dismissed. And, and uh, listen, we're going we're gonna to do this again tonight at 6 o'clock, just like we always do. And we'll live stream once again as well. And uh, for any who do not have Internet access, the doors are going to be open. And, and so, anyway.